So when you put it in a book form and then say, you know what, like, I can tell you my elevator pitch, or I can tell you what I'm good at, but here's my book. Like, this is everything that I teach, and this is everything that I think, and then you can brand yourself as that. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset. This is a podcast that's all about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. In every episode, we go deep with engaging guests who provide tangible takeaways and a whole lot of joy along the way. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I enjoyed having them. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host of the Midland Money Mindset and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest is Lauren Cabello, CEO and founder of Leverage with Media. Lauren is a renowned national TV personality, three-time author, and a prominent figure in the world of public relations. With an impressive track record of success and a charismatic on-screen presence, Lauren has captivated audiences on national TV on shows like The Today Show, GMA, Dr. Oz, Rachel Ray, and hundreds of others for over a decade. As the founder and CEO of Leverage with Media, Lauren has solidified her position as a leading expert in the field. Entrepreneurs who are nonfiction authors have found her agency to be a go-to destination for help with their PR needs, including our firm, Midland Financial, and her helping me showcase my book, Financial Planning Made Personal. Under Lauren's visionary leadership, the agency has achieved remarkable growth and garnered recognition for its innovative campaigns that have transformed numerous entrepreneurs into household names. Lauren's exceptional journey from a TV personality to a successful author and then to the founder and CEO of a thriving PR agency showcases her unwavering passion, dedication, and commitment to excellence. With each endeavor she undertakes, she continues to inspire and empower others to reach their full potential, leaving an indelible mark on the worlds of media, literature, and public relations. Listen in for some great takeaways about the benefits of writing a book and how Lauren can help you utilize it to become a household name, increasing your credibility and visibility for you and your business. Well, I have the pleasure today of being with Lauren Cabello, CEO and founder of Leverage with Media. Thank you for joining us today, Lauren. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm so excited to be here. One of my favorite people in the world, you and Denise. <laughs> Thank you. So <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. So listen, I want to give our listeners a little bit of background about who you are. I know Leverage with Media is a newer venture for you, mm -hmm. but I want to give our listeners a little bit of background. What got you to the point of where you are today with Leverage with Media? And we're going to talk a lot about that today. So I just want to get a little idea of your background up until that point. First of all, I'm so excited to be here. This is something that I've been looking forward to. Basically, I got my start as an online entrepreneur 18 years ago, which seems like forever ago. I really was in a lot of debt and I wanted to teach other people. Once I had learned strategies on how to get out of debt, learned strategies on meal planning and debt reduction, I started a website to teach other people how to do it. I actually was teaching coupon seminars at a local newspaper company, 
which had turned into television opportunities, which turned into a website. And so I started my website, which actually is still up and running called IamThatLady.com. I really was focusing on that. And through my story of getting out of debt through using meal planning and creative debt reduction tips, I started getting a lot of media attention. And I capitalized on that very strategically and wrote three books, became a best-selling author, became a national TV personality, and was a regular on the Today Show for 10 years, was regular on the Rachel Ray Show for six years. I was regular on the Dr. Oz Show before that closed down. GMA, Nightline, Inside Edition, all of the national shows, and really helped millions of Americans get out of debt. I think there's always a kind of a natural progression of like, what do I want to do next? I feel like I've done so much teaching other people how to get out of debt. And I always would think to myself, if I can teach other entrepreneurs and business owners how to use books and media to scale their businesses... I would be like the happiest person in the world because I love television. I love media. I love books. I love business. I launched Leverage with Media PR to do just that. Basically teach people what I've been doing the past 15 years and grew million dollar companies from it. How did you end up on air? You said you, you were on today's show, Dr. Oz, regular on the Rachel Ray. How did you end up, as, for example, how did you end up as a regular on the Rachel Ray show? How's that come to be? Now being a PR agency owner, I have a lot of people come to me and they say, I want to get on the Today Show. And I'm like, yeah, we all want to get on the Today Show, right? All of us, we want to get on the Rachel Ray show. We want to go on Kelly and Mark. We want all those things. For me, I had to get really good about being really good on local media, get really good at building up my social media following, and get really good at crafting my own story. For me, becoming a best-selling author, I can look at my business before being an author and after being an author as very, very different businesses. That's why like, I always encouraging people to write books because it really helps you scale And I'm sure you can see that in your own business. Sure, it elevates you. It elevates you completely. For me, what it really came down to was being really good on camera, like perfecting being good on camera, watching every single one of my scripts, watching every one of my single my segments, and learning how to be the best guest. I also hired a PR firm. I hired a PR firm who had great contacts and I paid a lot of money and I worked with that PR agency for five years and we worked and made magic together. And so I think a lot of people don't realize that part too, is that I invested a lot of money mm-hmm. in learning that skill and perfecting it and then learning how to be really good on camera and work with the host so that they keep asking you back. Did you enjoy one of the shows more than the others or were they all the same? Rachel Ray Show, 100% my favorite show. One of my favorite things. First of all, me and Rachel were both New Yorkers. We both grew up in the Capital District about a half an hour from each other. So I actually used to watch her on my local news when she had like her very first TV show growing up. Like we used to watch her in the morning. So like me and her got along really, really well. And Her show I loved because they had chefs on staff. So when you go in, they cook you breakfast, like a homemade (laughs) breakfast. So they knew I I ate gluten-free. So they would make me a gluten-free breakfast, like homemade every time I went in. I also loved Hoda and Jenna. 
I've been on that show probably about 50 times. And I was a regular on that show for many, many years. And I adore Hoda, Jenna, and Kathy Lee. I adore their production staff, top-notch team to work with. Very, very difficult to do that show. You have to be like Mm -hmm. the top of the top. But those two like stand out to me that I absolutely loved. Wow. So you talked about it earlier that if you could help others, right, get meet on air, media appearances, help them understand about writing books, that would be your jam. You would love doing that all day long. So, I mean, was that really the main and only impetus behind launching Leverage with Media? Or is there another why behind that or more to that why, I should say? The number one thing was that I, this is a passion of mine. I could talk about television and writing books and producing shows and building businesses off of this all day long. Like it's, it literally lights me up and gets me so excited. The second thing is, is that I always saw this difference just because being an online entrepreneur, an author, a content creator, I always saw that there was kind of like a gap between them and like PR agencies. I felt like PR agencies were really old school and they didn't really understand television a lot of times. And they also didn't understand that a lot of these media opportunities we can get ourselves. So like Mm -hmm. there was just like this, always this gap. And so I thought, you know what, like I want to fill that gap and not just do PR, but also like book strategy, launching, coaching. How do you get a book out to the world? And then one of the newer things that we added this year is helping them book speaking engagements. Like how do we actually make a strategy using PR as one of the vehicles, not just PR as the thing, but how do we use like writing a book, using PR to get media clips, creating sizzle reels, creating a speaker demo reel, and then actually get our clients speaking engagements to make more money or help them build courses or help them leverage their businesses in whatever way they want it to. And that's why I used the word leverage with media PR is Mm -hmm. I don't want people to just get PR. I want them to use it to make more money. And so I kind of combined my brand coaching with hiring like amazing publicists to create a very unique agency where we're coaching people and then also getting them like amazing press, not just for the sake of press, but to actually build their businesses. Sure. Well, you're definitely passionate about it. You can hear it in your voice as you talk about it. And I'm sure that resonates through as well. One of the things we talked about earlier was how a book can elevate, or in your case in particular, it elevated your personality, you as a content creator, an author, as a expert, right? And similarly, the book we came out with, Financial Planning Made Personal, that I launched in early 2023, has done the same thing. And I know that you are pretty passionate that the book or a book is really the new business card. Why do you feel that way? And why are you so passionate about that? I always think of it as like a business card into the next phase of your business, right? You have a message, you have a word that you want to get out there and you want to be seen as the expert of the person providing that information, but it's hard to just say it, especially if you're doing speaking engagements or especially if you have a podcast or especially if you have a website, it's hard to put it all into one encompassing paragraph per se. So when you put it in a book form and then say, you know what, like, I can tell you my elevator pitch or I can tell you what I'm good at, 
but here's my book. Like this is everything that I teach and this is everything that I think. And then you can brand yourself as that. It helps with branding. It helps with solidifying you as the market leader in that industry. And then as you go and start doing media and real PR, you can brand yourself as the expert as that topic, whatever your book is. And I think really when you think about it this way too, is that you have to be really strategic about what book you write as well. And a lot of times in the PR agency, I turn people down from becoming clients of ours all the time because they've written the wrong book for their business. And you have to be really strategic about when you're writing your book, the beginning is like your client, right? You're the person that you want to be talking to, the reader. But then you also have to be thinking about why are you writing it? What's the end goal? Are you going to be selling this at speaking engagements? You have to have both in that book. Mm -hmm. It really is a business card to not only like the people that you're going to be speaking to, but also to corporations maybe that want to book you as a speaker or media opportunities that see you now as more of an authority because you have a book and authors are a lot easier to get booked on TV. I think those are great points. And recently I was on a panel where you moderated uh, at FinCon 2023 and we had a unique situation where we were in a room with a lot of content creators and we asked the room, how many people have written a book? And then we asked how many people wish they could write a book? And I think it was split down the middle 50-50. 50% had written a book, 50% had wanted to write a book. I would imagine if we polled all of our listeners, we probably would have a much lower percentage of folks that have written a book, a much larger percentage of people that would like to write a book. It's a bit of a daunting task. So what advice do you have for someone who's thinking about writing a book or sees the value in writing a book? What advice do you have for them? A book is kind of one of those things that a lot of people have. They're like, I know I have a book in me. I don't know if you've ever heard people say that all the time. I got a book in me somewhere. And it's like, yeah, you probably do. But why would you want to write it? What's the purpose? And a lot of times, especially entrepreneurs, I hear this all the time. They become very emotional. Like, I want to write this because... Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, that doesn't make any sense sales wise. Like, right. either your title has a ton of swear words in it, and that's not going to get you the media attention that you want because nobody's going to book you if there's a swear word in the title, or you're just writing it out of spite or revenge to somebody else. So, those are just a couple of examples of what not to do. But if you have a book in you, I actually started a Book, it's called Book Cred. It's a coaching program which helps you write the right book for your business. And mm-hmm. in this program, we talk about how you get the idea that's in your head and get it down and write an outline and make it so that it's lining up with your business goals, but also the future of your business so that it lasts five to 10 years. And that's a really key thing. Also, have a coach. There's so many book coaches out there that Mm -hmm. it's not as hard as you think it is. I think that it's just one of those like things that like people want to do, but they just don't know what they don't know until they realize they don't know it, right? It's hard getting it out of your head and onto paper. It's It's very difficult or on Word document or where however you're going to start putting this thing together. It's so hard. And I always use AI with idea creation. Like sometimes I'll just put out there like, this is what's in my head. Can you please give me like 10 bullet points of a great 
title topic or something like that. And it really helps like get everything out so that it makes sense. Cause sometimes we don't, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense. But if you have somebody demystify the book launch process and like, how do you actually do it? I think that's something that holds people back a lot too of like, well, how do I even write it? Like, how do I format it? Where do I get it out there? How do I even sell it? And there's so many programs out there that can help you and coaches that can help you demystify that whole process. So it makes it a lot more edible for you to get out there and do it. Now, one other thing I wanted to share, because I know you have a very strong opinion about this as well, right? There's a difference between a book and a pamphlet, Yes. right? (laughs) Can you explain for those that are thinking about writing a book so they understand that they should write a book and not put together a pamphlet and explain to them what that means exactly? Yeah. If in your head, you're thinking to yourself, I'm just going to write a quick read, or I'm just going to write something like throw something together. I am going to urge you not to do that because what that's going to turn out to be is a pamphlet. Like what Larry was saying is that we as readers, we want a book book. We want a book that looks like it can go and sell on a shelf somewhere. Now, Mm -hmm. in order for you, if five years down the road, you decide that this book that you have written, you want to do something with it. You want to promote it. You want to get it on a Barnes and Noble shelf. It needs to look a certain way. You can't just throw any book out there. So write a book of at least 150 pages, please. Like, Don't make it under 100. It needs to be between 150 to 200 pages. I mean, even if it's like 125, but formatted correctly, like you're going to be okay. You need it to be like a book book, like that it feels like a book and it looks like a book. If you're saying something in your head, like I want it to be a quick read, to me, that means that you're not taking it seriously. To me, that means that you're not all in and that you're not 100% confident that you're going to do anything with this. And then you're also thinking like, oh, people aren't going to read this. Yes, they will. If you put together a book, they're going to read it. I want to take a quick break from the show to talk to you about our latest best-selling book, Financial Planning Made Personal. It breaks down complex financial concepts into simple, easy-to-follow steps that anyone can understand. Everyone has a unique financial journey, and this book can help yours. Do you have your copy yet? If not, please go to financialplanningmadepersonal.com and order one today. And I have one more question for you. What did you do today that brought you joy? Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you for sharing that. So let's say you're at a point you wrote a book, right? Or maybe you don't have a book written yet. But I think to your point, it's a lot easier to get in the media and get out there if you have a book. So what are your best tips for those who want to get their message out in the media? What are their best ways for them to do that? I would imagine number one is write a book and and make sure that you're in these parameters that you just mentioned. But beyond that, what's the next steps to be able to get in the media? I got a lot of national media before my main book. And this is why I say main book. I wrote the pamphlet first, like the small book. I wrote it and it was like, oh, I'll just like write this small book to like get it out there and like make money. I didn't know what I was doing. So like I say this with passion because I've done it and it flopped and I see people do it and they flop and it, it just happens over and over again. So 
I actually did a lot of national media before my book with Hachette came out, which I got a major book deal with Hachette with my last book. I did a ton of national media. So there's kind of like a twofold strategy. You can get a ton of national media and media before you go to get a traditional book deal. If you have large enough social media followings, and if you have large enough email lists and following on there, and you have a big following, like you've been on some national television shows, there's a very good chance you can get a traditional book deal with a large advance. My strategy at the very beginning of doing national was I'm going to do all of this national TV so that I have a ton of information to put in my marketing plan to send off in my literary proposal and my book proposal to all of the big major publishing companies. Because when you're putting together a book proposal, they have like a marketing section and they want to know where are you going to market this? So I was already on the Today Show. I was already on Dr. Oz. I was already on Fox and Friends. That was my strategy. And because of that, I got a really large book deal. And then I was able to use those same media places where I had been to launch the book to a bestseller. So that's one strategy. So you don't necessarily have to have the book, but when you're doing that strategy, I'm a big believer in the story brand method. You need to have a story. You can't just come out and say, I am a health and wellness coach, and I just want to talk about this, this, and this. For national television, they want to hear your story. They want to know, like, why are you a health and wellness coach? Is it because you lost 500 pounds and you were on the brink of death? And then now you have come off the brink of death and you use these methods to like save yourself. So you have to get really, really in depth with your own branding, your own story of how this helped you. And that's one of the things we dig deep with our clients now is what is the story behind this? Like Mm -hmm. we can't just talk about the talking points all the time. We need to really go into the story behind why you're the expert. And that's really what national television wants right now. Yeah. And I mean, this is something I think you've said this before, even today. These are things that you certainly can do on your own. But if you want to kind of add fuel to the fire and make it happen a little bit more quicker, maybe a little bit more often, that's where firms like yours come in and are a healthy investment in order to make that happen. Is that a fair assessment? I would say so. I mean, I was able to get some national TV by myself because I had a great following. But when I hired a PR firm, that's when I got the regular spots. That's when Mm -hmm. I started getting spokesperson deals. That's when I started getting the larger... I don't think I would have ever gotten Rachel Ray by myself, to be honest. She negotiated that for me. She had connections with the Today Show and GMA. And she also, you can attest to this, Like I also was running a business at the same time. And I have four kids and I'm a single mom. So managing media can be like a full-time job sometimes. So I needed somebody to take that off of my plate and just say, can you just like tell me where to be and I'll show up and do the segment? Like I don't have time to pitch. Mm -hmm. Agreed. I don't think most entrepreneurs who are interested or concerned about running their practice really want to do that. So I think you have to eye it as an expense, a marketing investment, and probably handle it in that way because it'll just happen that much more quickly. 
So now you have this national media appearance, right? And I think a lot of people are nervous. They secure that first spot, maybe, and then they know that they have to go to such and such a station or show, show up, and they have to be ready to get on camera, maybe for the first time. Mm-hmm. How can people get camera ready? What are some tips that you can give our listeners that if they get that opportunity to go on air, that it'll alleviate that stress of them worrying about being camera ready? What are some things that they can do to make that an easier thing for them to uh, accomplish? Colors matter, and so do patterns. So if you are wearing something with small patterns or plaids or polka dots or things like that, don't wear them. Most TV stations now are in HD, which means that they want bright colors. So your shirt color is perfect. Mm -hmm. Although if you wore that on TV, I would yell at you and say, Larry, it's got your logo on it. That to them is kind of like a slap in the face of like, you come on this show and then you're going to wear your logo and like get free advertising off of us. Right. So don't wear things with like company logos on them. You show up as a representative to help them with the segment. Don't go on with like all your merch and swag and like pins with your name on it. Mm -hmm. And like, don't be tacky, right? Show up in professional gear and treat it as you respect the house you're going into. So bright colors, orange, yellow, green, blue, yellow, red, bright primary colors, always a good choice. Guys, if you can avoid wearing like a black suit, and black shirt underneath, that would be great. Obviously, like a darker gray is always good just so you don't blend in if they have like a black background. Don't wear green like at all because you don't know if they have a green screen. Like remember that one Good Day New York segment that you did? It was a green screen behind you, but we didn't. I think it was Yahoo actually. Was it Yahoo? I think it was Yahoo. Yeah, Yeah. they put those trees in behind me and it was a green screen. I had no idea. I probably would have disappeared. Yeah, you had no idea. (laughs) Exactly. Even on this segment, they didn't even tell us there was a green screen. So you never know if they're going to green screen you. So just don't wear green because then your only thing that'll show is your head. Girls, do your hair, do your makeup. If you don't know how to do makeup, there's this great app called Glam Squad. It's like Uber for makeup artists and hair artists. So you can go to New York and order a makeup artist right to the studio and they can do it right there. Girls, cover up. You don't need to show anything above the knees or below your collarbone. We don't need to see any of that. You're there to be professional. So those are just some tips on how to be like really good and camera ready. Yeah. And in full disclosure, those of you watching on YouTube, the background that we have now that we did in our office, in our office studio, a lot of that was from feedback from Lauren. We used to have a uh, black backdrop and some of those things that she said were issues we were having issues with. And this is a much brighter and homier way of doing live appearances or even recording our podcast with guests like Lauren. So thank you for that, Lauren. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Let's turn personal for a minute. Even though you personally stepped back from being in the media, you recently shared the story of you downsizing your home. Literally downsize, we're getting rid of things. Can you share a little bit about that story and what it's meant to you in your personal life? I actually have a little bit of an update on that. So you'll be the first here. I've owned my house for 15 years and I went through a divorce and and it was the house that me and the kids lived in with their dad. And I just felt like I wanted a fresh 
start. I wanted a fresh change. And, and the house was so big and it was old and it was still in great condition, but there were just a lot of things that like needed to be repaired. And I was just kind of over it. I told the kids, my kids are 10, 12, 14, and 18. And I said to them, listen, we're going to sell the house. First, I tried to convince them to move into our camper and that didn't go so well. (laughs) I'm like, we'll save so much money, but no. So I sold my house and we downsized from a 3000 square foot house into like a 950 square foot rental. First Mm -hmm. time I've rented since I was like 20, maybe. I think I bought my first house when I was 20. And to say it's been a culture shock is like an understatement. Like it's been very difficult and like humbling. This whole year we have been renting and I sold like 75% of my belongings and I just needed a break. I just needed a Mm -hmm. break to like regroup, do some healing and just not be bothered with like things breaking around the house. And as a single woman, like it just got a lot, to be honest. There are distractions. Very much distractions. And I had just And it could started- be business or from the family, from the kids, right? It exactly. takes away from something. Exactly. Yeah. And I really wanted to be able to focus on the kids, which has always been my priority. But then also, you know, I was building leverage with media and I really wanted to be able to focus on that instead of like fixing like last year my front steps fell off and I rebuilt them myself. Cause I'm like, oh, I'm boy. not I'm not paying two thousand dollars when I could do this YouTube for 400. So (laughs) I just did stuff like that. But the update is after a year of renting, I finally felt like it was time to buy. And I actually just signed the deal on a new house today, this morning. Oh, wow. All right. Are you going to be upsizing again now? Yes, a little bit, but the house is like practically brand new. It's four bedrooms, two and a half baths. It's everything I've ever wanted. And it's a testament to that like I had to let go of something good and downgrade a little bit more for something great. It was definitely a learning lesson for all of us. And it's been a nice break this year to not have to worry about homeownership, but I'm I'm ready now. Like the 950 feet feels a little bit smaller than when I first moved in. Oh boy. So are you going to be buying the kayak and the boat and all that stuff back now? I have the kayak still, but oh, oh definitely that. Okay. Yeah, I never got rid of the kayaks. The boat, oh, 100%. Like that boat is coming back. Oh, <laughs> yes. all right. All right. Well, thank you for that update. So listen, I also know on the personal side, you're a hockey fan, which is something that's kind of connected us as well. So I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, who are you rooting for for the Stanley Cup (laughs) 2023-2024? Rangers. All right. Well, see, we're (laughs) even more aligned. We're more aligned. The question is, do you really have an opportunity to pull it out and win it this year? Of course. You do? Yeah. Okay. I'm not not as confident as you. (laughs) (laughs) I am always optimistic. That's what I have to say. So I grew up a Red Wings fan. So I grew up where we had the junior team of the Red Wings. The Adirondack Wings? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually played on a female Red Wings team. We skated in the same rink as them. We watched a lot of our players go up to Detroit. We have a lot of fond memories as a family. My dad was our coach. So yeah, I love it. But I'm also a big Bills fan too. So I just have to throw that out there. I don't know if they're going to be as successful this year as they uh, have been in years past. But I feel like this year is going to be a Bills year, unfortunately. 
You think this <laughs> year is going to be a Bills year? Like as if typical. Oh, a normal, like normal Bills <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is going to be a normal Rangers year, in my opinion. Yeah. But we'll see. Maybe things will change by time this airs and the end of the season rolls you around. You just Who never knows? know, Larry. You got to always have hope. Yeah. Well, I had one of the most well known female hockey players ever on this show. We had Manon Rayom, who was at the time the only female hockey player that ever signed an NHL contract, and she played for Florida. And she was on our show. And That's I think, awesome. ironically, I think she's involved somehow with the Detroit Red Wings program, unless she's moved since we had our conversation. But you want to know a funny little there. hockey story? Sure. Go ahead. My dad was there the night that the miracle hockey game happened in Lake Placid. Yep. And him and his buddy snuck into the bathroom and they were like hiding on the on the toilet seats so that they could sneak into the rink. But they got caught and kicked out last minute. So he was outside the stadium, but so that's always like a fun little thing that he would, he's like, I almost made it. I almost made it into the game, but they got kicked out. They got, they got found out. That changed out. hockey forever, especially in the United States. Changed it, hockey forever. That event. It totally did. He said that they were outside and people were yelling the score, like telephone. Whenever they scored, like it would go through like all the layers that's and funny. then it would go outside and everybody would scream. And he said it was pretty magical wow. just being outside. Amazing. I'm sure it was. And I'm sure they yeah. had a lot of fans stacked outside. So, yep. so Lauren, it's been a pleasure having you on. And we ask each of our guests, because we're all about joy here on the Midland Money Mindset. We ask each of our guests the same last question, which is, what did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? One of the things that I did today that brought me joy is that I set my laundry out for my laundry lady. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's still silly, but... sounds joyful to me. I get my laundry done every week because I'm a single mom of four and it just builds up. But one of the other things is that I signed the deal for my my house and um, on to new beginnings. Because one of the other reasons why I decided to purchase again was I've had my office outside of my house for the past year. And I really miss working from home. In the summer when the kids are home, it got really, really difficult for me to balance everything. And so I'm excited to bring the office back home. That's really my happy place. So I'm excited to do that. Great stuff. And we wish you the best of luck because we know for our listeners that aren't in New York, it's a lot more difficult buying a home or selling a home in New York than a lot of other states. So I wish you the best of luck in that process. Now, Lauren, I'm going to share with everybody now, Lauren is our PR company. So if you want to get an idea of what she can do, just check out our social media, check out what we've been doing out there in the media, and that'll give you a direct indication of how Lauren and her team may be able to assist you. But if people want to learn more about you, learn more about Leverage with Media, connect, we'll have all of your information in the show notes. But What's the easiest and the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so they can just go to our website, leveragewithmedia.com. There's a button right on the homepage. It says book a call. And when they book a call, they'll meet with me directly. And we'll just kind of talk about what their goals are and how we can help them with their media needs and even with helping them write their next book or their first book. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure spending this 30 plus minutes with you and sharing with our listeners and enjoy the day. Thank you. I want to thank Lauren Cabello for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset. 
Lauren has taken her own success as an author and on-air personality and is now on a mission to help countless others have the same success. Lauren believes that being an author and having a book is the new business card, but you also need to share it with your audience. Lauren and her team at Leverage with Media have been an integral part of the Midland financial strategy to get my book, Financial Planning Made Personal, What Did You Do Today That Brought You Joy, and myself all over the media and as a household name. Lauren Cabello and Leverage with Media can be found across most social media platforms. All the contact information needed to find them can be found in the show notes. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandmoneymindset.com and smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. We encourage you to help others find our valuable content and please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. And be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.